This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Animal Central. My name's Ainsley. I'm back hosting the show. Sharon was on last week, and now it's my turn. So we've got a very exciting show today. I'm very uh, much looking forward to having a chat with our guest. His name is John Kinghorn, and he is from Birding Eco Tours and Youth Africa Birding. How are you doing, John? Good morning, Ainsley. I'm doing good. Thanks for yourself. Good, thanks. So something about me, I'm a bit of a birder. <laughs> in the past, I think that was a bit of a dirty secret, but I'm quite proud, <laughs> proud about it now. Um, I've been birding for quite a while, um, and I've obviously become to know um, quite a lot of the other, what I would call professional birders, and I think you definitely fall into that category. So tell me a bit about birding eco-tours, first of all. So birding eco-tours is probably a, a birder's dream job. <laughs> uh, it's essentially a... Um, a bird tour group which runs tours internationally, um, set departure tours and then custom tours as well. Uh, we country, we cover a whole host of countries worldwide. Um, and all these places you never thought you'd visit. Wow. So South America, places in South oh. America, Brazil and Ecuador and uh, Guatemala. Then we oh go to gosh. Australia and. Do you have uh, any vacancies? <laughs> <laughs> a vet, I'm a veterinary nurse. I'm multi-talented. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's a dream job. It's incredible. Um, and you just get to not only see the birds that you've always dreamt of seeing, um, but I mean, you get to share that with other people, mm. which is, which is one of my favorite things. Um, and you get to see and, and, and witness the various, you know, cultures and that around the mm. world, which is, which is really grand. So yeah, it's, it's an incredible company. Yeah. Um, and been going strong for 11 years now. Okay. Um, run by a chap called Chris Lotz. Okay. Solid bloke. Um, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, it's an, it's an incredible, Incredible uh, company. Wow. Yeah. What's the next trip that, that you're doing? Uh, well, next trip is a private trip, in fact. Um, I'm heading off now in December. So to, private means it's just for you? Yeah, it's, uh, for, it's, for, my, okay. it's for my own selfish needs. Okay. Uh, we're going to look for African pitta. Oh, um, no, you're not. Yeah, we are. Okay, listeners, African <laughs> pittas are amazing freaking birds, and <laughs> I think I may have a coronary when I finally see one. <laughs> Google it. It's worth it. So yeah, Africa, the pitters are known across the world. There's 30, 34 species of pitter across mm-hmm. the world. Um, two species are in Africa and the rest are sort of restricted to the Asias, mm-hmm. uh, the eastern side of the world. And, uh, they're known as, how can I say, one of the toughest families to, mm-hmm. to, to, to find and come, yes. and come across. They're really incredibly elusive little guys. And, uh, they're, they're small. I mean, they're, they're, they're quite small. So the majority of them are quite small, but mm-hmm. they got the most incredible colors. Wow. Um, so like I said, here in Africa, we have two species of pitta. We got green breasted, which you get in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got African pitta, mm-hmm. which breeds in the Zambezi Valley and, and uh, Zambia, okay. uh, as well as Mozambique and northern parts of, of, of Zimbabwe. Okay. So I tried last year in northern Zimbabwe and we left the, the, the Sunday. And on the Wednesday night, Mackenzie, who's the local guide up there yeah. at Masoka Camp, uh, sent one of the members of our group a message saying, Good morning, Madam Kerry. Um, rained in camp last night. Pitters displaying all over this morning. Oh, no. So, so the thing with the rain is that obviously the pitters are mm. dodgy little fellas. Mm. So they'll arrive and then they'll, they'll hang out, hang out, hang out, and they'll wait until the rains to come. And then the minute the rains come, it just sends these blokes into full display. Wow. Um, and they've got this awesome little call. It's like this little, broop, um, and they do that and then they flap their wings and they land on a, on a perch. They stick to one perch. Yeah. And then they flash this bright, bright neon blue rump. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so they raise their feathers, uh, on, on their backside. Um, and yeah, so we, we tried in, we tried in, in, in Northern Zim last year. Uh, I had one call in, in 
uh, in uh, Mozambique last year as well. Okay. But uh, they generally only start calling at the end of November. So the last week okay. of November and the first week of December in a year of normal rain is your best chance for them in Mozambique and Zimbabwe. Okay. Uh, so we were in, in Mozambique last year, early November, and I had what I thought was a bird calling. I mean, okay. it's a, a distinct call. And I, I mean, I immediately freaked out. I was like, pata, pata, pata. <laughs> So the people on the group are like, there's See, no way. I call that a bit of a birdgasm. <laughs> it happens within the bird circle. Yeah. If a bird starts screaming oddly or hey. gesturing, there's something exciting going on. So, uh, so yeah. So then we we picked up on that, and then we're like, it, it was it was a good three weeks before any rains. Okay. So there was a brief little downpour, but we didn't think it was enough to to send them into display. And yeah, we we sort of pushed shoved it off as a as a robin imitating okay. it. Okay. But uh, upon further thinking it through and stuff, it it, it wasn't. They it, it just it wasn't. So I missed it twice last year. So okay. it's third term lucky, yeah. So we're going to be heading up to the highlands of Zimbabwe, uh, and then we're going to be pushing straight through to Pitta Territory okay. um, at a place called Impingui uh, Camp um, in Katapu, Mozambique. Okay. And it's incredible. That's one of the the best well the well known spots for for getting pizza. Okay. So hopefully this year with what with El Nino and the various droughts and stuff mm-hmm. we've had, the rains are going to be a little bit more late yes. in the year. So we're going quite late in the season. I think we're entering Pitta territory on the nineteenth of December. Okay. And then we're there for three nights, and then hopefully they're Smash busy mine. and they're busy. Yeah, they're busy, but they're busy displaying. Okay. So yeah, that's. Uh, it's going to be an awesome trip. I'm turning quite green here. <laughs> Sounds I like quite wait. a thing. Yeah. So within within the birding realm, I mean, I started as pretty much a sort of casual birder. I love birds, and I've been lucky enough to work in a variety of um, jobs in the bush and all of that. So I've always sort of seen birds. Then at some point I started ticking off birds in my Newman's book. Um, my first book, unfortunately, I lost after I went to England, which was criminal as my list was gone. <laughs> but then I think I think we need to just have a chat about the different levels of birding because it it – it it goes from sort of your casual birder to a term that I've recently learned and even engaged in because I twitched the snowy egret. Mm. Twitching. That's a sore spot. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you get it? No, I didn't. I was <laughs> Nina, in Nina, I got it. Okay, good. You can have your pit out. Keep my snowy egrets. <laughs> so let's just tell our listeners how these varying degrees of birding work. So everybody has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the birding scene today in, in South Africa, in the world even. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, uh, people didn't, people didn't just get from, from nowhere to where they are as, as some of the country's highest listers. Yes. Per se, in, and explain what a lister a, is. So a lister is essentially a person who, or a birder who keeps, um, a list of all the birds, you know, he or she sees. Okay. So the most common list is a life list. Okay. Uh, or a Southern African life list. Mm-hmm. So here in South Africa, we refer to the Southern African subregion, which is the areas south of the Zambezi and, uh, Kuneni rivers, as well as 150 kilometers out to sea. Okay. It includes seven different countries as well. So South Africa, uh, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and then the two small the ones, Lesotho and Swazi. Okay. So that's the Southern African subregion. And the vast majority of Southern African birders, Keep a Southern African life list. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the main list and okay. the, the, the big list. Um, and like I said, the, the people didn't get from, from nowhere mm-hmm. to, to uh, region's top listers in a space of a mm-hmm. week or a month. Uh, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see as you start recording the birds that you've seen, um, the more you, you sift through your book and the more you force to ID a bird, mm-hmm. um, 
the more you start learning. So yeah. generally, as one gets higher up on their list, uh, the more experienced you know sort mm-hmm. of that they get. The easier it is. Yeah. To the, sort easier, of pick up the easier. The easier it gets. Um, and the, the interesting thing is is what I've noticed with with not only myself but with other birders as well is the higher your Southern African list. So if you have a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, I've birding, I've been birding in Southern Africa for I think it's eight or nine years now, mm-hmm. um, and other birders I know as well. They've been birding for plenty of years, and they've got a solid, solid foundation here in Southern Africa, mm-hmm. and then they go further afield. Okay. Uh, with their list as high as it is now in Southern Africa, they go further afield. They've developed various skills. So with the increasing of your list comes skills. Okay. So. When it comes to identification, it's it's you know the the general feel of the bird or the gist. Yeah, the gist. Uh, yeah, you pick up on on, on calls and uh, you know various features to look for and display fights and habitats and and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't have really known or been you know well aware of, say, aware of mm-hmm. yes uh, if you were let's say two hundred down on yeah. your list or something like that. But uh, pushing up into the eight hundreds, the nine hundreds, even the seven hundreds. You start get, getting these skills, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, birding's like an art. If you mm-hmm. can say it like that, it's, it, it, it you get it's, it's a hobby, yeah. But then it's an art as well because there's techniques you need to learn, yeah. Uh, and, and you start learning, and with a solid foundation, going further afield, uh, you can you know, birding is just so much more easy if you have a solid foundation in Southern mm. Africa. So it yeah, it, it, the the degrees or levels of birders, as you can say, um, is is quite often. You know, and you know, some people don't keep lists, but yeah. I, I would say, I would say it's, it's generally linked to, you know, the amounts of species you mm-hmm. have on your list. But then again, you can argue, well, somebody can just go and get a local guide and get him to show yeah. him the birds. And, boom, and, boom, and, boom. and yeah. so it, it, there's, there's a lot of uh, you know, varying factors, but generally speaking, the higher one's list is the more experienced. Okay. Um, but that's not, that's not always the case. Yeah. It's, it's a very general comment. Yeah. Um, and speaking of lists, you have a, a ridiculous achievement. You were what the youngest person to hit eight hundred. Yeah, I was well, not. I was that youngest person in Southern Africa to reach eight hundred species in a calendar year. So That's starting amazing. starting from January one, I uh, I started my list a, a year list on nought. That's another type of list. Is a year list. Started my year list on nought and I ended on eight hundred and three at the end of the year. Oh my gosh! So, so it, listeners, it was, my list is on three hundred and damn twenty, <laughs> and I've been doing this for a couple of years, so I'm now even more jealous. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's yeah, that was a that was a very very well spent year. I and thought. how many countries did that that did include? The only ones I didn't do was Lesotho and Swaziland. Wow! Um, so hmm. I, I could have done Lesotho, but I was okay. I just ended up getting lazy. Oh, <laughs> I needed oh. to. I Tough needed to. Get, yeah, I needed to go up uh, Lesotho to get um, mountain puppets, which was the only Drakensberg special okay. I didn't get in my year. Okay. So I just it came towards the end of the year, and I just. Yeah, I mean, spending the whole year birding, you started getting exhausted, and yeah. yeah so it's I, I just got lazy at the end. In reality, I should have gone there, should have got mountain puppets, and then I should have shot down to to the garden route as well. Okay, because I didn't get Nasna Warbler or Nasna Woodpecker, uh, so that's three, uh, okay. which I should have got. But yeah, it, it it was it was yeah it was good. That's it amazing. Was, yeah, it was it was very sure. Good. It sounds like a very tough year. <laughs> 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 so I think. You know, I find this whole um, brooding world fascinating. Obviously, we're all united with a common love for nature, mostly, and and the birds. Um, I think both of them are interlinked. I think one of the problems historically is that birding has always been 
more towards the older uh, population of people, and I have what I find an amusing story. So sometime, um, I think last year, I decided, no, I want to I wanna become slightly more serious at my birding, so I'm going to join a birding club. So I did a bit of research, found a local birding club, and thought, okay, Bob's your uncle. Signed up, and they sent me the email. We've got our first talk um, going on, so I toddled off there, and I think on a Tuesday or a Thursday night, and I knew that I was going to be the youngest person there. I knew that. That's what I was expecting. Um, but I wasn't expecting to be the youngest person there by about 40 years. <laughs> so that was definitely um, sort of confirmed my worst fears. And then it only got worse when the – it was so sweet but kind of heartbreaking for me when I stood there and one of the presentations was on how to use WhatsApp. <laughs> So <laughs> I needed to say I ran away and that was my first and last attempt at joining a birding club. But now you're involved with something very exciting, which is called Youth Africa Birding. Yeah, that's, that's what Tell I'm... Tell us a bit about so, that. So there's a lot of, as you've just said, there's a lot of stereotypes surrounding birding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming into birding eight or nine years ago, I, uh, you know, you think that birders are people who's old folks who sit on their porch and, yeah. and watch birds come down to the feeder and, you know, sift through their bird guide and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that and wear khakis and, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with khakis. Nothing not. wrong with khakis. I personally thoroughly enjoy khakis. Two of us. <laughs> but, Two of us. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's thought to be a very old hobby, for, you know, yeah. for old people. But, that's it's it's not the case. Yeah. Looking in uh, recently, getting uh, I got an invite. I think it was in 2013 or something mm-hmm. from a, a a group called Next Generation Birders, okay. and these were folks in England or yeah, the, originating in England. And all they did was started up a Facebook group and said, "All right, guys, birders between the age of I think theirs is 13 and 20." Five or twenty-six, okay. somewhere like that. But there's there's a there's a, there's a, a um, um, designated age. Mm-hmm. So they said birders were this age. Join and let's get together. Mm-hmm. But now birding in in the U in the UK is mm-hmm. a hell of a lot bigger than it is here. Is it okay? So at the moment, there's just how how many birds do they have compared to us? It's minimal. It's, exactly. it's I mean, yeah. g- going there and getting. You know, 400 on your life list okay. is incredible. Really? I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like their version of our 800. Okay. Okay. So 400 is, is remarkable for them. But, um, so yeah, so uh, their RSPB there, which is their Royal Society of, of protection, protection of birds. That's isn't it? the one, yep. yes. Okay. Is, uh, has something ridiculous like 1 million members. What? So compare that to BirdLife sure. South Africa. How many members do they have? It's, a, it's I think it's, it's it's in the it's in the low th- wow. uh, thousands. It's That's in the low th- low thousands. It's it's growing, okay. but just just as a comparison, so there's a lot more birders mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, with that, there's a lot more uh, you know youthful yeah. birders, and uh, you know they got this together and they've, they've got like a Facebook group of almost seven hundred or something strong. Okay, and it's just it's young birders who get out and go birding and amazing. you know you know make fun of it. And so we thought, okay, well you know me and me and some some friends of my uh, of mine decided, well why can't why can't we have the same here yeah. in Africa? Because I mean you know we're watching all these senior birders. Uh, you know, Excel and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and when I say senior, I'm not talking senior citizens, um, <laughs> like 40 plus, <laughs> um, you know, you know, Excel and, and, and control sort of the birding scene. Yes. But where's the youth? Yeah. So 
we started up a Facebook group and we were like, we were expecting like, oh, is we going to get like 20 members? Yes. And we're sitting on, I think we're sitting on almost 200 at the moment after oh, wow. starting it like six months ago. That's awesome. So it's really growing. And I mean, these people are, get, are getting involved. We, it, it, it started off as a Facebook group. Okay. And it's just, it's, it's rapidly growing. Um, we've got an age group of, of minimum 30 yeah. and maximum 30. Okay. So obviously we can't do the same limits as, as, as the, the folks yeah. that we do because we don't have as much birders. Yes. So 13 and 30, we thought reasonable. Okay. A 13, 13 year old is, is not, you know, still in diapers. Yes. Um, and a 30 year old <laughs> is not, you know, growing gray beard. Uh, so, you know, it's still relatively young. And the whole idea was to get the younger birders who generally have lower lists and, and, yes. and less experience and knowledge and stuff to follow the older birders who are still young, yes. but who have experience, you know, because yeah. they've been birding for years and years and yeah. years. So that was the whole thing. And the Facebook group started, it's been running now and it's just gaining momentum. Mm. And, uh, it's, it's, we post quizzes, uh, it's two quizzes every, every month. Mm-hmm. Um, People then participate. They'll send through their answers anon- uh, anonymously, and they'll get feedback. So mm-hmm. at the end of that uh, quiz, the the two people who run it, myself and, and my friend Vanna van der Valt, mm-hmm. uh, will then give detailed descriptions mm-hmm. um, as to why that pers- specific bird is is that ID. Oh, awesome! Right. So That's they, it's, a, it's a learning okay. process. So it's like full on paragraphs That's per brilliant. ID. Um, so two of those a month, and then also it's just it's a nice platform. For, you know, for, for, for the, for the, for these youthful birds yes. to share stories, That's pictures, brilliant. ask advice. I mean, another, uh, the other day a chap asked, what's the best camera setup for birds? Oh, it's a valid question. Uh, yeah. It is because, I mean, a lot of people don't really know what cameras to go for exactly. for bird photography. Because uh, that's another whole different arm of me birding. I mean, me cracky. You think yeah. you, yeah, people get even more excited yeah. about that. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, which type of binoculars to use, yeah. where to go birding. It's just, you know, it's a nice, it's a place where the youth can interact. The youth, you know, you're yeah. sharing a common interest. And you can, you can then interact. And what's awesome about this, this youth birding thing is, you know, I remember starting out birding and, and you go out birding with, with the, again, I'm going to say elderly people. Yeah, there the we bullies. go, the bullies. Uh, and it's nice and the, the experience is, is incredible. You learn a hell of a lot from them. Mm-hmm. But there's just no, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to describe. There's just this different feeling. Yes. You go out with the youth <sighs> and it's, it's just, it's exciting. I mean, <laughs> just it is. I mean, up. I was lucky enough. I, so I went on, on a birding weekend on Saturday. Me and a friend packed up our car with a lovely picnic and headed off to Mkomba Dam and then to Zachelsdrift. And completely by fluke, we bumped into you at Mkomba yeah. and we joined your group of young birders because I, I have a grap with your young birding group because yeah. I, <laughs> I'm excluded because I am 32. So I now fall in the gray period, at the gray box. I'm too old to be in the young birders and I'm far too young to be with the average birders. So I'm just going to stand here by myself. Maybe I'm going to start like a midlife crisis, approaching midlife crisis birding group thing. But John, it was amazing being with you guys because literally I popped off like seven lifers because you were like, there's a godwit and there's the yellow wagtail. And it was so amazing to be around um, you guys. It, you, you know, you're, it was really infectious, just the camaraderie yeah, and the knowledge yeah, sharing yeah. and all of that. And it's just, it's so, it's so exciting. And it's just, it's this completely different feel. And 
I want to say aura, but I'm not too sure if that's the right mm. word. But it's just, it's, it's so awesome and it's just so adrenaline pumping and exciting. And I mean, we're busy birding and stuff and, you know, you're birding with adults and, uh, you know, the older folk and, you know, they'll come across a bird call and they'll be like, Oh, what's, I wonder what that bird call is and stuff like that. And it takes a while to mm. process. With the vast majority of these younger folks, you work, you're walking. And I mean, I know a few people who'll be birding and they, they won't, they won't, they'll get out the car and they won't even raise their binoculars or look around. Really? And they're already busy birding. They're just busy firing off bird calls. That's amazing. Because it's, it's, it, they're just picking it up on ear. Sure. And they're busy, they're pointing out birds you didn't even, you know, you're just thinking about wow. oh, a bunch of tweets and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're busy firing off just with their ears. And a lot of the older generation, uh, are able. aren't able to mm. do that But again, massive generalization Because mm. there are a few who mm. are, are Quite a lot actually who can yeah. do that um, But it just it's, it's exciting And then they'll, they'll, they'll point out the birds So they won't be like, okay, black-headed oriole Yellow-throated bird yes. They'll be like, oh, black-headed oriole, black-headed oriole <laughs> And then and it becomes a competition just, it's, as I know, well. it's just, it's just like, they're just freaking out <laughs> Um, and, and they're just excited about the mm. birds And I mean, like we were busy birding the other day And, and uh, again at Mkombo We then branched off We went to another reserve uh, Called Mabusa mm-hmm. And um, Busy birding around Mabusa And again The, the guys in our group Were busy f- freaking out The minute they picked up A bird call Awesome um, A Vamba Sparrow Or Ready to Weaver And they, oh. they just freak And it's just this This energy That's infectious And it's awesome That That's that's why I, I really I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this this, this yeah. whole youth Africa And it's good because it's so important because, I mean, the youth nowadays, it seems like all that they do is sit on their cell phones. Mm. And, you know, in the old and, you know, the world's changed a lot. Gosh, I sound like a bully. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's so important that we yeah. still encourage the culture of, you know, being involved in nature and having a love for na- the natural mm. processes and these animals. So because there's all sorts of conservation things that come along with it, which we'll yeah. talk about later. But we've got a question on WhatsApp. So I'm going to give the first the f- we, <laughs> sorry, and I really am a bully. I need to go to the talk on WhatsApp again. Question on WeChat. Um, I'm going to give the first part of the question to you, John. Cool. Speco asks, how many different types of species of birds are there? So, there's well over ten thousand in, in the, the world. world. That's yeah. amazing. In Southern Africa, we've got a list of nine hundred and seventy. You, oh, I'm speaking under correction. Okay. Nine hundred and seventy odd. Sure. Um, so that's that's Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. That's it's, amazing. It's, it's a lot worldwide. There's there's a, a few over ten thousand. <laughs> um, and actually, just speaking about the worldwide birding and stuff, there's a chap called Noah Stryker who, if you, if you thought my big year or, or six or the, mm. the other five individuals who've done a Southern African big year before me, uh, achieved uh, a lot by seeing eight hundred in a year. Noah Stryker is knocking socks off of everybody. So what he did was he said, okay, well, I'm going to take the year <laughs> and I'm going to try to see if I can get 5,000 birds what? <laughs> in the world what? Uh, in a calendar year. What? So the previous record was something like 4,200. 5,000 species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 4,200 something was, was the previous record again, speaking under correction. But rough estimate. Um so he, he's he's been birding continuously, and he's been living out of a backpack <gasps> with uh, with with a pair of binoculars, a spotting scope, and <laughs> like three shirts, three pants, three underwear type vibe thing. So he's been doing that. He cracked the record with like something ridiculous, like four or five months still to go. Oh, um, at the moment, he's well over five. Uh, what is he on now? I think he's probably 
No, he's well over five thousand. I think he's on. I think he's on like five two or something like that. Again, Holy speaking cow. under uh, under correction. But uh, the fact is, is he's taken the uh, to see five thousand. Five thousand was his goal, so he was happy when he got five thousand. Now, now he's just now he's fun. just driving. <laughs> but who so, pays for that? No, who pays? I, 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 again, I want to speak to who pays. No, that, I, I, I think I he's got. He's got a whole. He must, he must have sponsors of sorts. My goodness. Um, I don't know him personally. I've just been following and admiring and wow. drooling on my keyboard from, <laughs> <laughs> from from back home. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's incredible. So yeah, there's 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 sure. a hell of a lot of birds out there. Uh, ten over over ten thousand. So, okay. but I mean, a select few have cracked the magical nine thousand mark. Gee whiz! Uh, and I'm not quite sure whether there's been one or two who've cracked wow. the ten thousand mark. That's insane. Um, but yeah, to put it in perspective, uh, the highest list in Southern Africa that somebody has is uh, Ian Sinclair, who's one of the authors yes. of of Sasol. Yes. Uh, What's his list? His is nine hundred and thirty something, I think. Sure. Closely followed by Trevor Hardacre, which is yes. nine hundred and eleven or nine hundred and twelve, something wow. like that. And Trevor's not a buddy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll agree Trevor, with that. Trevor, you owe me. <laughs> yeah. I'll agree with that because I know he's gonna listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, I think we're going to go to a music break now, and then I'm going to answer the second part of Speckle's question when we come back. This is CliffCentral.com. Christmas is on the way, and so is the happiest family event of the year, the Parkview Charity Christmas Market at the George Hay Park in Parkview from the 27th to the 29th of November. The Christmas Market is a weekend of fun, unique arts and crafts, brilliant gift ideas, kids' fun galore, Big screen sports, a beer tent, and a champagne and oyster bar with continual live music. Parkview Christmas Market for a great time with all proceeds going to charity. This is CliffCentral.com. CliffCentral.com. Animal Central on CliffCentral.com. That was Heart Shaped Box by Goldfish. I think that's going to be a solid summer tune, at least definitely for me. So I have to now answer the second question of Sebeko's WeChat question. Firstly, um, if you've got any questions or you want to drop us a message, you can get hold of us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, or on WeChat. So Sebeko now asks me, what is the best pet bird to have? So Speko, the best pet bird to have is no pet bird because if you look at birds, they are some of the most amazing animals and they fly and flying is a completely natural behavior and if you put a bird in a cage, it can't fly. So it's much more rewarding to look at birds in the wild and to start birding and paying attention to what type of species than to have a bird in a cage. So if you want a pet, get a dog or a cat and start birding so you can enjoy birds. So Muntu, who is my co-pilot today, he's pressing all the buttons that terrify me, actually asked a very valid question during the break. He asked, who verifies the numbers that people have on their lists? Because I could wake up one morning and just start ticking, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it can be a controversial topic, um, mm-hmm. but everybody sort of follows the honor, the honor system. So okay. you don't want to be that one idiot <laughs> who, who falsifies a record. Yeah. Uh, and add something on and, and claims it. We call those people stringers. So, so okay. birders, birders have an, a very yes, weird all, lingo. Yes, yes, please tell us about so that. There's a whole bunch of, of jargon for birders. So if you're a lister, mm-hmm. then you're obsessed with listing. Uh, there, there's so much. I'm bound to forget some of them, mm-hmm. but I'll try my best. Lister is, you know, you, you, you 
keep a lot of lists and yes. all you're really interested about is, uh, interested about is is listing mm-hmm. uh this one can come come off rather interesting um but if you gripped off it means <laughs> it means you are you are very uh um envious and green of the fact that somebody's you know somebody's seen a bird that you hasn't uh, or that so you have I'm gripped off with you about your 800 Yes lists. and likewise me about You're the gripped off egrets. about my snowy egret. Yes, okay, yeah. we're having a grip okay. off session. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So uh, then you get um a twitcher. So mm-hmm. a twitcher is somebody who's he constantly chases rarities. Okay. So here in South Africa, we have the South African Red Bird News Alert yes. run by Trevor Hardacre. And that are those are emails that come out. So people come across a rare bird, take mm-hmm. a photograph, or well, they're not necessarily a photograph, or, but generally rarities photographs are needed so that, you know, the ID can yeah, be Yeah, verified. Okay. Send that through to Trevor. Trevor blasts out an email to the birding community uh, and the subscribers to SARBN. And that generally throws the birding community into a frothy. At a turmoil. <laughs> Um, and Twitchers will generally get onto the next flight out That's amazing. and chase the bird, whether it's in Cape Town or Namibia or get there. So I, I would call myself somewhat of a Twitcher considering yeah. there was a citrine wagtail earlier on this year that yes. popped up and I was on, I looked at flights and then it was a bit, it was too expensive for my liking. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden the flights decided to, you know, drop Ooh. on the Sunday. So the Sunday, I'm looking at prices, looking at prices. Then I was like, no, stuff it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for mm-hmm. this. So I booked my flights at the Sunday night, and then Monday morning I was out on, I was on the next flight really? down to Cape Town, and then yeah, myself and myself and Vanna got the uh, the citrine oh. along with a lot of other people. I mean, okay. the, the day we were there, there must have been close on ninety birders. What? Just busy, just busy hanging around. And how there. long was the citrine there for? Ooh, he was only there for like the weekend. Okay. The folks who went on the Tuesday, so we got it on the Monday. The, the people who went on the Tuesday, uh, I think were the last to see it, and then the Wednesday it was gone. Oh. Yeah. So, and then that which leads me to another term. So if you dip on something, mm-hmm. it's not like dipping a Mari biscuit okay. into. It's you've dipped, uh, you dip on a bird, so you miss a bird. Oh. So you try for something, but you miss it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So like, when I did my my twitch for the snowy, it actually was quite convenient because I was going to Cape Town to visit my family. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in Cape Town. I need to go see the snowy. Um, so if I had have gone to Cape Town, missed the snowy, I would have dipped on the snowy. Yeah, yeah. But because I got the snowy, you, you were gripping it. off on me. No, I was and we all had off. a merry twitch. You were gripped off. Yes. <laughs> this is amusing. This is why we love birding. It's entertaining as well. Yeah. And then uh, what else is there? There's... Uh, if you are, oh, there's, there's so so much. Mm. Um, in fact, there's actually. What's a, the sticky, stretchy something you said about? So, it's a sticky list or a stretchy list. Stringy. stringy. Oh, there stringy, we go. That's it. So if you string something, it means that you've you've you know you're lying about something. Okay. So you 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 you're stringing people along. Mm-hmm. So you you you're a stringer. Okay. okay? You you you're lying about birds on your list. Uh, if you are. What can I say? Oh, and then another, <laughs> another one that, that the youth use nowadays, which originated from some of my friends and somehow it has spread, but I absolutely love it. If you destroy something, yes. it means that it, it's not like you physically destroy yes. something. It's like, you know, you, so, so if you're taking photographs yes. and you, you utterly like get the best shots, you like nail it. You say, "Oh, I destroyed that." <laughs> so it's 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 that's a weird one, but it's it's just it's just it's just spreading. Another one is smash. So yeah. if you, it sounds very violent, but it's not. 
Um, it's how passionate we are yeah, about yeah. our hobby. So if you, so so let's say at Mkomo Mania this this past weekend, which is the the Youth Africa Birding mm-hmm. thing we were at, and you were there, you got the the, the lesser black back owl, for example. Yes. So you'd be like, oh yeah, you'll be in conversation. Yeah, okay, no, did you get the lesser black back owl? Yeah, no, I did. smashed it. <laughs> and meanwhile, the thing's still then perfectly fine. Yes, so we haven't touched it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this right. We have, no lesser black back don't owls were harmed things. in this we movie. Look at, we look at things and get very yeah, very excited. <laughs> but that's that's awesome, and I think it's it's so nice to see. And the bullies can't say that we're making weird words because mm. their words are also weird. So it's all, I find it very, very entertaining. But now tell us, how did you get into birding in the first place? Oh, my, my family has been interested in, in wildlife since, since the 19 foot sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since I was born, eight months old, I've been going to the Kruger National Park. Okay. Um, and then obviously every single year I've been going and, you know, my parents obviously raised me and my sister, uh, to make sure that we appreciate and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and enjoy wildlife and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then as I started getting older, at my school, I would generally find myself, you know, in the library busy looking at the wildlife section and all those field guides and stuff like that. And it actually started off with, you know, I started exploring a whole bunch of things and mammals and mm-hmm. going through the mammal guides. And then it spread to bats and I got thoroughly mm. involved with bats um, to the extent that I was helping do research at the Transform Museum, oh, the Ben Transform Museum and, you know, joining the Gauteng Bat Interest mm-hmm. Group and stuff like that. But then with that, um, I started getting an interest in birds. And I think I was, I was 12 years old when I first started getting interested in birds mm-hmm. and we were in Kruger. And, and that's my, not girls, by the way. Yeah. Birds. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> we were in, in Kruger and we, f- we flushed a Franklin off the side of the road and then, t- you know, took the, took the bird book, family mm-hmm. bird book, started looking through it. And I, c- I don't, I can't recall if I actually remember or, or s- managed to ID the bird. Mm-hmm. Um, ID meaning identify. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we got back to camp, I remember just, you know, recording the birds I saw. So mm-hmm. the first one on my list was Southern Yellow Built Hornbill. Uh, and that was bird number one. And then I carried on sort of recording casually and stuff like that. And then the listing bug bit. Uh-oh. Uh, and that, you know, I found myself more interested in trying to rack up the numbers on yeah. my list than I did enjoying the birds. But as I got high and high on my list, that changed again. Okay. So I enjoyed listing. But I thoroughly enjoyed looking at the birds as well and, okay. and, you know, then looking into the conservation side of things mm. and raising awareness around conservation initiatives and stuff like that. So it was a brief little moment of time mm-hmm. <laughs> where I, uh, where I was really only interested in, in my listing. Okay. But yeah, so I, I started young. I mean, I was 12, but I mean, mm. I've, I've known people who've started when they were like yeah. still practically in diapers. Wee, wee little things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a while, but it's been incredible. I mean, I can't, Birding, uh, many people I know, um, and there was a fantastic quote. Um, one of our guides says, I, I, for the love of me, I can't remember who it was. Um, but they had interviews conducted on them for our blog. Okay. And uh, he said, birding is not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's and fun. I know so many people whose lives have been changed by birding. Mm. Uh, you know, whether it, it be getting them back onto the straight and narrow, mm. uh, you know, after veering off and stuff like that and getting them out of difficult times in life because it just gives your mind something to focus yeah. on. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a hobby. It's, yeah, it's, it's so it's, much it's, more. It's, it's, it's so, so much. And I think more. the best part about it is it can be done everywhere and anywhere. Mm. Like when you're driving through the Kruger and you impala, impala, yeah, yeah. elephant, elephant, <laughs> everyone's, uh, as you and I will both know, we bloody stop, stop, stop. Yeah. There's a little brown thing in the, in the yeah, <laughs> stop. 
<laughs> so it can be done anywhere. I mean, in traffic. And I mean, even, you know, I live in North Riding and in our complex. Guaranteed there will be a termite rise mm. by our front gate. And I just sit there and the swallows, just to watch them dive bomb. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can bird anywhere, anytime, yeah. at yeah. any point. Yeah. So it's such a, it's sort of a very much, it is a lifestyle because it, it does become fully integrated mm. into your life. Mm. Um, but I think unfortunately, as with all of our other wild animals in the wild, you know, birds are having quite a tough time, especially yeah. certain individuals. Do you want to chat to us about, about that? Yeah. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of, I'm trying my Myself to get involved in the conservation side mm. of things and, and raising awareness around, you know, the plight of the birds and stuff like that. And people are going uh, about their day-to-day life here in South Africa thinking, you know, th- you, they probably don't even know about the birds they see, mm. let alone the birds that are in in, Danger. in some, yeah. some serious trouble. Yeah. Uh, our vultures, the other day, the IUCN, uh, which is the uh, – they run the, the, the conservation – um, International Yeah uh, For the love of me I can't remember I just referred huh? as IUCN International Something of Conservation Net Or something Yes yes yeah. It's very so, important And international And yeah. about conservation So they're just They, they The the status of, of a species So whether they're Vulnerable Or endangered And stuff like that Is generally run by them mm-hmm. So They released stats The other day With regards to our vultures Now when you go to Kruger And you see these vultures Chilling on a carcass You're like Oh okay nice vulture Whatever but, you know, you, you don't think that, you know, how long are these guys going to be around here? Mm. I, I never, I never thought mm. about that. I mean, I'd see a vulture and be like, oh, okay, yeah. cool, a vulture. Yeah. Tick. <laughs> 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 um, so, so yeah. So now the IUCN the other day released stats that four of our seven vultures are now critically endangered. Really? Three of them are endangered. Shucks. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no, so, uh, so, uh, seven, seven of our vultures got upgraded status-wise. Four critically endangered and three endangered. Shocking. And, uh, yeah, one of the critically endangered ones is whiteback vulture, which was, really? I, I mean, I, 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 s- I saw this, I, I, yeah, I used to see them every see time them I got a Kruger. Yeah. And, and hearing now they're like critically <gasps> endangered. So and I, that's I happening nearly, within your lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I that's crazy. So I nearly fell off my rocker. Um, and, yeah, so I try trying my best to raise awareness and uh, along with a whole bunch of other people. I mean, yeah. BirdLife International and South Africa together okay. are doing one massive job in raising. So that's awareness. BirdLife International and BirdLife South yes, Africa. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah. So they're trying to do a social media storm and stuff like that, you know, about uh, hashtag Love Vultures. Okay. So uh, they're busy doing that, um, as well as doing educational videos and mm. stuff like that. So it's it's imperative that that. You know, people always ask, they say to me, I saw a picture the other day where it was, uh, it was like a funny cartoon, like, mm-hmm. you know, Zapira type cartoon or whatever. And it was a, uh, a fairly large, heavy set bloke sitting behind his computer screen, uh, with glasses and a nerdy appearance. And the caption was 21st century conservationists, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. That's spot on. Yeah. Now, a part of me agrees with that because people sit behind their computer and, and you know, Babylon yeah. about how you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that, but they don't do anything. Exactly. Or they just throw around their yeah, opinions. Yeah. Mm. So, however, and, and a lot of people tend to clump creating awareness and social awareness around that, mm-hmm. which I must disagree with because I think conservation, awareness is a key, uh, awareness and education mm-hmm. is a key component of conservation. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those two, how are you, you going to conserve, conserve stuff? Exactly. So you need to educate people. You need to educate not only the youth, which mm-hmm. is what we're trying our best to mm-hmm. do now, uh, but 
the general population as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to create awareness. So that stuff like the social media storm, people are sitting back. They're like, oh, well, is this in fact working? Yeah. Uh, but it is. That's exactly. the thing. It's because with you seeing something pop up on your Facebook, how many times do we sit on Facebook every mm-hmm. day? Exactly. Uh, I mean, All the time. Or Twitter. And, and we're opening stuff up and, and the news and stuff like that. And, you know, even though we might be just like paid, scroll over it or whatever and be like, oh, okay, well, another, another feed. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is it's still, Going into your head. Exactly. So you're still seeing a picture of a vulture yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So even though it might be minuscule uh, to some mm. and large to others, mm. the fact is you're still making awareness, creating exactly. awareness. Exactly, and, that, and can't, that can't be bad. There we go. So uh, that's, that's, that's my thing is without awareness and without education, mm-hmm. there can't be conservation. No, you're absolutely uh, spot and on. It, 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 those are two massive, massive components. And conservation needs to come back to the people. Mm. I think the problem is historically conservation has been done by governmental bodies and possibly in the past our government bodies actually did that and they did it efficiently, whereas nowadays they do not. Our South African government is failing conservation, yeah. failing every single day. So we need to create the awareness and passion from ground level so that our South Africans realize, because it's our mm. heritage ultimately, mm. these birds, and I mean the joy about birds and wildlife is that everyone can see them mm. and you don't have to go to the Kruger there's yeah. birds in your garden I had a little sparrow hawk in my garden in North Riding the other day I nearly <laughs> fell as you said yeah. fell off my rocker <laughs> you know they're there and it's yeah. you know if if our government fails us our heritage is going to be lost yeah. so yeah. it's it's so flippin' important that yeah. people get involved and so how what can listeners do to get involved and you know how can they apart from picking up binoculars and start looking at birds so when it comes to conservation uh, I can only but reiterate the fact that awareness needs to be created. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entirely up to listeners as to as to how they want to contribute and, and how they want to go about this. But, you know, there's also a, a stigmatism attached to helping conservation mm. is that you have to donate money and you have to go to events and stuff like mm. that. But you don't. You, mm. you don't. Go on to BirdLife South Africa's website, uh, a Facebook page mm-hmm. or website or whatever. BirdLife International mm-hmm. Facebook page, website. They have a whole host of conservation-related cartoons and mm. and pictures and awareness-creating things that they've made so that people can share them mm. and let it go viral. Mm. And that's the thing is, is they're trying to make this hashtag, love vultures, and it go works. viral. Look and at the Tulliver. So I, I don't know you. if our listeners saw that. There was a big flurry amongst the birding world that a new bird species had been discovered in South Africa. It was a photo of a very poorly photoshopped. Well, mm. it was a, two birders. I think we most of us got knew what was going on, but yeah. it was basically this great discovery of a new species. And actually, it turned out that it was. How did they do it again? Yeah, well, Tulliver is an anagram for vulture. vulture. So it was a very clever thing. They took a picture of a leopard-faced vulture, uh, and they photoshopped it. I mean, mm-hmm. they made this thing look weird and wonderful, mm-hmm. like something out of South America. Yeah. Um, and the whole point was, you know, new species discovered in, in South Africa. Got so Everybody excited. went. Some people were like, you know, where can we get this thing? Let's go take it. They're like really. It's really not even keen. on the list. They were going to yeah. write it onto the list. So <laughs> they were really keen. Others were like, okay, well, this is a hoax. Mm. Some of the birders are like, okay, we can clearly see that this isn't. Uh, but there must be method behind. But there must the be madness, method behind yeah. behind this whole thing, which there was because mm. a week or two, or whatever later, uh, BirdLife South Africa then released a, a, um, a video, video where it took step by step. And it worked backwards mm. from the picture of the so-called Tulliver and back to the original lapid mm. face vulture. And every single Photoshop step, 
they then uh, took away and undid, and it slowly came to uh, mm. slowly came to the uh, uh, leopard face vulture picture. Mm. And their thing was is if you can get so excited about a new species, exactly. why can't you get excited about one that's dying? The threatened species, exactly. And so it was fantastic. I, I, th- I thought it was. Yeah, I thought amazing. it was absolutely brilliant, and it worked. It went viral. It got people's attention, and it is such an important. Message. And even if people did get absolutely. Miffed and irritated ah. and shocked and I mean I saw it people still got the point across. Thank you. I saw people losing it with birds. They're like, "How can you do this?" and, <laughs> and all that stuff. But the the fact is, is it, it, it grabbed your attention? It did worked. it not grab your attention? Exactly. Therefore, created awareness. Exactly. So, and that was the whole the whole thing behind it. I th- I, th- I back it completely. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was a fantastic movie by Birdlass, yeah. South Africa. And yeah, so if if, if listeners want to help contribute, all I want to say is that. You don't have to donate money. Yeah. Yes, it's a bonus. If you've yeah. got a few change lying around. And it'll means. get you lots of karma points. <laughs> donating money. <laughs> that's my thing. Donating money <laughs> to, to worthwhile, charitable and conservation yeah. things yeah. gets you lots of karma points. <laughs> and but you don't have bad. to. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to donate money. But if you want to, by all means. Mm. Okay. But what really counts is uh, if you help spread awareness. Yeah. So sharing a post... Excuse me, by BirdLife South Africa or, or BirdLife International on your Facebook page. That's going to reach all of your friends, how mm-hmm. many 500, 600 yeah. friends you may have. Uh, and they can then share your post and then can reach exactly. their 500, 600 knock friends. On, knock on, knock on, Before you know it, it's going to be floating around yeah. South Africa. And then eventually they, who will, I'm sure, have international friends, yeah. will be going international. You just need a chain reaction like, uh, like, like that to go forth. Yeah. And th- th- what I always love to say is that your action by yourself uh, may be only equivalent to one drop in the ocean, mm. but the actions of many can uh, are the equivalent to the ocean yeah. itself. So well that's uh, th- that's what people need to get in their head is no matter the difference you make, mm. the s- as small as it is, you're still making a difference. Exactly, and that's what people need to get yeah. in their head is is something stupid and well, I say stupid, um, but small as, as sharing a, a thing on it Facebook. It makes a difference. It yeah. makes a difference. Whether you like and it can not. for positive or negative. I mean, crisis, if Miley Cyrus can get as much damn attention for the ridiculous stuff that she does, why can't our animals <laughs> exactly. and our conservation get exactly. it? Exactly. And I think also one of the most exciting things that people can do is something like citizen science. Yes. Which, I mean, you that's really, you're actually contributing to science and knowledge yeah. just by, you know, Giving feedback on what yeah. you see or in the when yeah. you're in the bush or whatever, so it really is is pretty unlimited. And mm. John, you've been an absolute treat to have, and I think we've yeah. really got our joint message about birds far and wide. Yeah. So it's not just for bullies; <laughs> it is for young people. And I have made myself an honorary young birder. <laughs> By all means, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll leave my Zimmer frame at home. <laughs> but thank you all for listening. Um, it's going to be Sharon back next week, and then I'm going to be back the week after that. Be good. This is CliffCentral.com.